Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. With the holidays right around the corner, now is the time to start thinking of the perfect gifts to buy your loved ones. Don't miss the Just Ingredients early Black Friday sale on November 23rd and 24th. The entire website will be 20% off. A sale this big only comes twice a year. Stock up on your favorite face serum or deodorant for yourself, gift a collection set of beauty products to your mom, or surprise your husband with my brand new chocolate peppermint protein powder. All products will be in stock, including protein powder, my new hot chocolate packed with superfoods, and my limited edition candy cane Christmas products. Nothing says happy holidays like a gift from Just Ingredients. This is the only big sale for the rest of the year, so don't miss out. Remember, November 23rd and 24th, the entire website will be 20% off. Shop the sale at www.justingredients.us. After having her first two kids, Jody Moore struggled with work-life balance, embracing motherhood, and liking herself. She felt guilty for not loving the role of mother and wife and turned to life coaching for help. The transformation she experienced not only helped her at work and at home, but it led her to dive into learning the tools of coaching and to leave her position as a corporate leadership coach to launch her own coaching practice. Jody is certified through the Life Coach School and completed Master Coach Certification in 2018. Today, Jody has helped tens of thousands of people through her top-rated podcast, Better Than Happy, as well as her coaching membership program, Be Bold. You guys, today we have Jody Moore with us. I am so excited to have you here and just to ask you so many things about life in general, actually. I love that you're a life coach, and so I've just got a plethora of questions I want to ask you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I'm happy to be here. First of all, tell my followers a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into life coaching. I worked in corporate for many, many years and did leadership coaching there. And so I learned a little bit about the skill of coaching in general there and saw the power of it. And after about over 15 years at the same company, I was let go and in the middle of having children and kind of lost and thinking, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a stay-at-home mom? Um, Anyway, I ended up going through the life coach school program kind of as a way to find myself. And I just fell so in love with the tools there and just felt really called to help women who were possibly struggling in the ways I was struggling. I had four kids um, at the time I had just had my third and just felt really overwhelmed with being a mom and, and then felt guilty for feeling that way. And so I just sort of dove in because of how much it helped me. And I've been coaching now for um, over eight years. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you took like a trial, a hard part in your life and went and learned about it and now are helping others. That's so awesome. I think that's the way of it, right? Right. (laughs) That's why we have trials, partly. Exactly. Okay. So you talk about a lot of different topics on your Instagram account. And so I want to talk to you for a few minutes about body image and weight, because I know that's something that you talk about. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of women out there, moms, um, have thoughts like, oh, I wish I was smaller or I wish I was thinner. What do you tell women that tend to have these thoughts quite often? Well, the first thing I tell women is that they are just thoughts. 
Um, so it, it, part of the power of the work that I get to do is helping people identify the difference between facts and thoughts and knowing the power of thoughts in who we become, how we feel and what we create in our lives. And so, you know, I, I have those same thoughts as a woman. I constantly wish my body was different, but they are just thoughts. Meaning if my body was smaller or different or, or bigger in some places or whatever it is, we want our bodies to be that they're not that ultimately would never create our feelings, only our thoughts create our feelings. And so if my body were different and I allowed myself then to think now my body looks right, then I might feel more confident. But what we truly are seeking is confidence and self-acceptance and self-love. And it's the hardest thing to do to achieve. And, you know, we've all been socialized through the world that we've grown up in to believe that bodies should look a certain way. But all of that is just a story, which means it's all up for grabs. Okay. So I have talked to people who have tried to like change their self-confidence through thoughts and they'll say, Mm -hmm. well, I can give myself positive thoughts for a couple days and then I'm tired of it. What do you say to that? It's a really good question. I always equate it to believing the thoughts that you want to believe about yourself is not a checkbox. Like, okay, now I like myself, check. It's more like brushing your teeth. So I brush my teeth every night and every morning. And still every morning I wake up with bad breath and I have to brush them again. And sometimes throughout the day, I get bad breath and have to brush them again. And so loving yourself, talking to yourself positively, thinking about yourself kindly is like dental care. It's an ongoing thing. I think we'll probably most of us have to do our entire lives. So it's not a matter of now I've arrived at some place. It's creating healthy habits of redirecting your brain. I I like to think of it as answering my brain. So our brain's I think are always going to talk to us. They, in fact, the experts say only sociopaths never question their value and worth. So our brains are constantly going to say, I don't know if you're doing a good enough job. She seems to be a little better than you. And you really dropped the ball there. And our brains think this is protective in some way to point out our flaws and faults. Um, But I just answer my brain with, okay, it's all right. And another thing I'll add, Carolyn, is that for me, what's been really powerful is not just trying to think positive thoughts all the time. It's embracing my negative as well. So it's not just, you're a good mom, you're doing a good job. It's, and also sometimes you fall short and sometimes you do a terrible job and I love you anyway. It's okay. Let's just keep going. We're fine. So to me, that is much more powerful than just trying to tell myself positive thoughts all day. That's so interesting because a lot of people in the health world will say like, oh, negative thoughts are so unhealthy or so bad for your body. So I like that approach that you accept both. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's the same way that we love other people, right? Like, especially for moms, we love our children and yet we see where they fall short sometimes. And sometimes we have to sit them down and go, this is not okay. And we got to clean this up and right. And we can treat ourselves that same way. It doesn't have to be, and I hate you and everyone hates you and you're never going to get it. It can be, listen, you kind of dropped the ball today. What's going on? Is everything okay? What are you needing? And so it's not just ignoring that we all have shortcomings, but we don't have to berate ourselves for them. That's where the real power lies is like, I love you. And I know you're trying your best. Let's see what we can do to make tomorrow a new day kind of thing. So why do you think so many women have a hard time loving themselves? I think that, like I said, I think loving ourselves is the hardest, one of the hardest 
assignments that we've all been given as human beings on planet earth. So I think it's a little bit innate within us. I'm not sure why. I think it's part of what's meant to help us grow, but women especially tend to lean more towards perfectionism. We tend to seek more validation from our relationships and things outside of us. Whereas, and these are gross generalizations, but um, men in general will seek validation from their accomplishments, their achievements, maybe their job or their education or, or things like that. Whereas women seek it externally, which is challenging because we can't control other people I might be able to control if I get that job or get that degree, but I can't control if everybody around me likes me. So just, I think for many women, anyway, our natural tendencies to want to take care of others, to people, please, to seek validation, to compare ourselves to others, all of that contributes to that part of our humanness that questions our value. So I think the answer is to be aware of it, to be able to observe yourself doing that. And then you're not so much at the effect of it. And certainly you can, you can monitor yourself. You know, I tell people don't follow social media accounts that make you feel bad about yourself. Don't, you know, turn off the news. Don't read that thing. There's some of that within our control too. Right. Well, and when you're talking about you give, give, give to others, I see that so often from moms and from women, they give, give, give to their kids and to others, but then they don't give to themselves. And so if we love ourselves, we will give to ourselves. That's right. And my belief is that of course we want to be giving and loving and serving. And that that is an important part of our humanness as well, but it is our job also to fulfill ourselves. So even though we seek the validation externally, that's not the best place to get it. The best place is to get it internally, to be able to rely on yourself and your connection to God or whatever higher force you believe in. That's where your worth comes from. And so when you do that for yourself, it really, for me, is just a practice of back to brushing your teeth. Every morning when I brush my teeth, I take just a moment to make eye contact with myself in the mirror and just just one kind thing. Like even if it's just like today's going to be a good day or you got this or good job yesterday or yesterday you struggled, but it's okay. I love you anyway. Like just one kind, just one moment of your own attention in the mirror of hearing yourself, validating yourself is so powerful. And then I can go all the rest of my day taking care of everyone else. And I don't need the validation externally when I'm doing that practice. Wow. So um, that's powerful. I love that. But I think a lot of women might have a hard time doing that. It does feel uncomfortable. And in my way, isn't the right way for everyone. You know, I, I tried lots of ways of having that connection with myself before I discovered this way worked for me because I do brush my teeth every day. It's a bit like adding a habit onto a habit, you know, but there can be some people prefer journaling. If, if it's easier for you to write down your thoughts on occasion, there can be lots of ways to connect with yourself, but I do think that it has to be a routine and it has to feel not cheesy and fake and forced. And so like be willing to play with some things, I guess, is what I would say until you find what you like. That's good advice. Okay. So let's go back to body image and weight. We started there and I went off on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you teach that might be lots of reasons that people may not be losing weight. Can -hmm. you explain more about that? And are emotions part of that? Yeah, definitely. I like to simplify the reasons that we're not losing weight is because we're overeating, you know, because we, I, I don't know about most people, but I tend to want it to be really complicated. Like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight when really the reason why is 
am consuming more fuel than my body can use in a day. And if I want to lose weight, I actually have to consume slightly less fuel than my body can use in a day. So then the question becomes, why am I eating more than I need? And, and again, when it comes to weight loss, why am I not under eating just a little bit? We don't want to under eat a lot, but just a little bit if the goal is weight loss. And so there's where emotions come in. I, I dare say all of us are emotional eaters um, in this country anyway, um, meaning we eat in order to escape feelings. Uh, we do this to avoid negative feelings. So I'll ask people sometimes, why did you eat more than you thought you were going to yesterday? Well, I was stressed. I was frustrated. I was overwhelmed as though the answer to stress, frustration, overwhelm, boredom is food. Food is not necessarily the answer. That's just the quick way that most of us have learned to cope. But we also do this even with positive emotions, right? Where we'll say, well, I have to eat birthday cake. It's my son's birthday. And after the piano recital, we go out for ice cream. And when this exciting thing happens, we get a treat. And it's totally fine to do that. I'm not vilifying any of these things. I'm just saying, isn't it interesting that we can't just allow the positive emotion of the joy and the love and the celebration? We have to mask it with food. Right. So yeah, the one of the reasons I love helping people lose weight is not because anybody needs to lose weight. It's because it forces you to learn to feel your feelings and to acknowledge what feelings you are living from. And then we get to take a look at why. And we get to actually change your life instead of just covering it up with food. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So if someone is overeating because of stress or negative thoughts, what mm -hmm. do you suggest to them? So the first thing is that we just acknowledge that it's totally fine that you did that. You don't need to beat yourself up. You don't need to feel bad. You don't need to go, oh, I'm not supposed to eat this. You just go, oh yeah, of course I ate because I was stressed. And I, normally when I'm stressed, I eat M&Ms and it <laughs> covers up the stress a little bit. It distracts me. So it's totally fine that we did that. But what would happen if we didn't do it? What would happen if we just felt stress? Like it, what does stress even feel like? Is it really going to kill me? Is it really even that terrible? Or is it actually not that big a deal? And once you get good at allowing stress, then we can go in and find the thoughts creating it because all emotions are created by thoughts. So the first layer is just learning to feel stressed. Second layer is examining the stories you're creating. So if the story is, oh my goodness, I have so many things and I have to get them all done today. We can notice that that's just a story. You don't have to get any of those things done actually. And maybe you want to change your life so that you don't have so many things going on. So it's kind of a three-part process, if you will. And it has to come from kindness and love and compassion. I'm sort of laughing because I'm like, oh my goodness, this sounds like me. I'm always like, oh my God, <laughs> get all this done today. I've got X, Y, and Z that has to be done. And Okay. So what I find interesting is when I get stressed. So my sister and I talk about this all the time because she's an emotional eater. And so mm -hmm. I tell her when I get stressed, I love to do one of two things, either go on a walk. Like I just get up from wherever I am in the house and go outside and go on a walk. And I love it. Or two, I take a bath. She's like, man, I would be taking five baths a day. And I'm like, well, go for it. That's better than all the chocolate. You'd be so clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of healthy ways to cope with emotion and, and sometimes food is fine as well. The question we just want to ask is, is this creating a different kind of problem for me now? Do I have a health problem or weight problem or, or some other kind of problem? I mean, even exercise 
exercise for most people is a really healthy way to deal with stress or other negative emotion, but there are people who over exercise who are compulsive exercisers. So in that situation, we want to go, okay, so that's creating a problem in your life. We're going to need to learn to feel some stress at times. And so I think it's a combination of both, like you said, finding healthy coping mechanisms, and then also just getting better at feeling negative emotion because negative emotion is part of the deal. It's part of what drives us to recognize, like, there's something I want to change in my life. There's something that I'm feeling driven or called towards. Okay. So talking about body image, you talk about the term fog eating. What exactly do you mean by that? Yeah. So fog eating is the eating that we do when we're sort of mindlessly putting food in our mouths. So oftentimes it's while I'm packing my kids' lunches, just having little bites of the chips or whatever I'm packing, or while I'm cooking dinner, eating little bits of it. Sometimes it's the food we leave out on the counter and we kind of munch on. Even I would say like for most of us eating popcorn in a movie is fog eating because when we're fog eating, we're in a fog. We're not even really enjoying the food. We're not really paying attention. We're just sort of doing it as part of whatever other activity we're engaged in. And again, for, for some people, fog eating doesn't create a problem, but for many people, it's creating excess calories, excess fuel on the body um, that is not serving us. And so I always tell people, listen, if you're going to eat popcorn or whatever your treat of choice is, sit down and eat it and taste it and enjoy it. Don't just mindlessly doing it, do it. You're missing out on the experience of it. And it's just a good way to eat a bunch of calories that you're not even paying attention to. So it almost sounds like it's a little bit of emotional eating because it's almost eating like when you're bored rather than intentionally eating foods that are going to nourish your body or that you're going to love the flavor of. Yeah, definitely. It's like that unconscious right? Like you're saying, intentionally, we tend to make better choices, but when we're unconscious about it, we tend to eat way more than we really want, even want and not as, as uh, nutritious of our choices in the end. So what do you say to the women who are trying to eat better or like feel their emotions and they're working out, they're watching what they're eating. And then they're like, I just will never look the way I want to look. I will never be thin. I will just never love my body. What do you mm-hmm. say to that? Yeah, that's such a good question. So the key is that we don't want to get thin in order to love our bodies. We have to love our bodies in order to get thin, in order to be healthy. And, and then people say, well, if I love my body, why would I bother losing weight or eating different. And I say, yeah, that's an interesting question, right? It poses the idea that the only reason we're doing it now is because we dislike our bodies and hate our bodies. And I'm not a big fan of that. I, I haven't found that to work either. I've been, you know, a woman in the world for 47 years. So I've tried it that way too. And it never lasts. I always just end up putting the weight back on. So the key is to love your body as you go to work on loving your body. So remember our bodies are so much more than appearance, so much more like their appearance is a minute part of them. And I like to think about my body as something that I have a relationship with. Like I have a relationship with another person when I'm talking really mean about my body. I ask myself again, and for me, the easiest go-to is with one of my children. If I look in the mirror and I'm just like, oh, that part is saggy and 
whatever, all the criticism comes up. I ask myself, if my child were standing here next to me, would I say, oh, you look terrible there and that part's disgusting and I, I can't believe you let anyone see that part of you. No, I would never do that to my child because I know that's not kind. And so then I'll take a moment and go, I'm sorry, body. You know what? I love you. You're doing a great job. All that extra fuel that I've consumed, you've managed to find places to store. Well done. That's exactly (laughs) what you're supposed to do. Like, thank you for doing your job. And I'm done beating you up and I'm done shaming you and I'm done hating you. And listen, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit hungry every now and again so that we can clean out a little bit of the storage room. But I'm not going to push you too far. I'm not going to torture you. I'm going to love you no matter what. But let's see what we're capable of. Wow. I love that analogy of talking to your body like you would your child because it's so true. I know as moms and as women, we would not shame a child like that or even a friend. We wouldn't shame a friend like that. And so there's so many of us that do that constantly to our bodies. So I love that analogy. Yeah. It takes practice. I'll tell you if your listeners are anything like me and we have a lifetime of the opposite, it's going to take practice, but it is something you can retrain yourself to do. I like to also kind of get in my body and just feel what it feels like to be in my body and to notice like when I'm laying in bed at night, I feel good in my body. You know, like again, now that I'm in my late forties, there's some aches and pains in places, but mostly I feel good. And mostly I can do what I want to do. And so just remembering that your body is so much more than just appearance. Well, and I like that you say that it takes practice because this is my hardest part with trying to talk to my followers about this like mind-body connection is Mm -hmm. what I said earlier. They will tell me over and over, I've tried doing positive thoughts. I've tried being nice. It works for a week or so, and then I'm done. And then I'm back to shaming myself and hating my body and not liking how I look. Yes. So the brain literally has neural pathways. When we think a thought, two neurons connect and create a pathway. Okay. So it's sort of like you're walking through a field and you've made a slight path through that field. But if you keep walking that same path over and over and over and over and over, eventually you blaze a trail through that field. So these negative thoughts that we've been thinking for so long, we have super highways in the brain. And when you tell your brain, no, we're not going to get on that super highway. We're going to take this little beaten path. The brain's like, well, why? That's so much harder and longer. And I'm not good at doing that. And it wants to just hop back on the super highway. But at night, when we sleep, our brains prune synapses. So things that used to be useful and important, it sort of clears away if we haven't used them in a while. That's why you go back to like, you know, I went back to you, to Logan, where I went to college. And I was like, I can't even remember how to get to my apartment. I lived at because mm. my brain pruned it right over time. And so it does feel like that after a week, it wants to get back on the super highway, but if you gently redirect it, don't be mad when it happens. Don't be all or nothing about it. Just gently try to redirect back. You will blaze a new pathway in your brain, but it takes time. Wow. I love the science behind that. And I love, I just had the thought like Take it one little step at a time, not an all or nothing, because that's my approach on Instagram with a healthy lifestyle is just one little step at a time. So it's the same thing with the mind-body connection, just one little step at a time. You don't have to be a pro at it all at once. That's exactly right. Okay, so with social media out there, women love to compare themselves. So what do you teach about these feelings of comparison? 
Well, again, it is sort of natural human behavior. So I don't know how to get rid of it altogether, but I have gotten pretty good at watching my brain and I, I'll encourage my clients to like notice what your brain is doing. And here's the interesting thing about this example of social media is let's say I get on there and I see somebody that threw a beautiful, perfect birthday party for their child. My birthday parties look nothing like that. Same. <laughs> like <from her> notes. <laughs> And my brain wants to go to, you aren't doing a very good job. Your child isn't getting that experience, whatever all the thoughts are. Right. And one of the things that helps me get out of it right away is I notice that I'm making everything about me. Hmm. Like this woman who doesn't even live in my same state, who I've never even spoken to had a lovely party for her child that has nothing to do with me. It's not about me. When you can separate yourself like that, you can be happy for those people right. for the success that they're having or the nice vacation that they went on or the weight that they lost or whatever it is. Like when you can be happy for other people, you'll always have a reason to be happy. So for me, a quick redirect is this isn't about you. Like this has nothing to do with you, but I tend to want to put myself in everything as do most of us. And so it really is a matter of finding some redirect thoughts like that. But I'm also a fan of, like I said, monitoring what you take into your brain, because all of that overriding the default human kind of weakness that we have requires effort and energy. And so, you know, I'll tell my clients, Hey, what if you didn't spend all day on Instagram? What if you just gave yourself 20 minutes a day that you let yourself be on Instagram, and then you redirect your attention and energy and effort into something more useful than having to redirect your brain over that. Oh, I like that. So I have to tell you, when I look at other people, like compare, if I'm comparing, what I've learned that has really helped me is I will just say, for instance, here's an example. I Pinterest and I are not friends. Like I can't stand all this stuff on Pinterest because I'm just not creative and like that. Anyway, so if I see someone putting on this amazing Halloween party, I'm always like, I love that that is their strength. That is so awesome that that is one of their strengths. I have lots of strengths. They're different than that. I appreciate my strengths. My strength is not doing a big creative Halloween party. So it's sort of accepting my strengths and recognizing that people have others. That's exactly right. And what you've done there is you've taken yourself out of their Halloween party, right? You're just like, look at them with their strengths. That's amazing. And what a cool world we live in. And yes, and then you can, you have your own set of strengths. Yeah, I love that. It's so good. Okay, so now talking about comparisons, though, let's talk about judging because judging goes along with comparison. So self-image in photos, when people mm -hmm. just want to judge themselves in photos, what do you say to people about that? Yeah, this is another one that I like to try to practice a concept that I learned from my teacher, Brooke Castillo, years ago, where she was like, I just decided any photo of me, I'm just going to love because... This is again, the same thing we do with our pets and our children. Like they can be making the weirdest face. And we're like, oh, look at how funny, look how cute. Because we love those people and animals in our lives. And so we're much less critical. And she said, I decided to try to have the same relationship with me. So I really, and I, you know, I run into people, they want to take a selfie with me. And I'm not going to like stop and retake every selfie until I look good. Cause that would take <laughs> us forever. So I just, sometimes decided, I want to, right. <laughs> but I just decided, no, that's how I looked in that moment. Right. And 
I'm just going to choose to love it. And sometimes I'm, I will say I have to fake it a little bit to myself, but like people, you know, that will take a selfie, they'll go, let's look at it. And I'll go, we look amazing. Don't we? I just like kind of ahead of time decide that I'm going to like how I look. And, you know, I, I have a long way to go. I still see pictures of myself and all the criticism comes up, but I guess I just don't let the criticism dictate how I'm going to feel. I know it is just thoughts. And I know that if I were looking at someone else who looked exactly how I look, I would not have nearly the criticism. And so I know it's just my brain doing what brains do. And so I, but I do try to practice ahead of time deciding I just choose to approve of myself in photos. It really does work if you do it consistently. I think it's really powerful that you said we need to just realize they are thoughts because that's what they are. And we can change those thoughts, like you said, with the training. And so I think it's really powerful if women can accept like, this is not reality. It's just your thoughts. And it's a thought error is what it is, right? So you think about an error that comes up on your phone or your computer and you just hit like ignore, cancel, whatever, when that error message pops up. So they still pop up, but I just kind of ignore, cancel, delete, right? It's just a thought error. Well, too bad so many thought errors come up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Do you think it's due to like cultural things in our society today? I think that's a big part of it. But I also feel like we go through these phases, especially as moms, where we're raising kids. And while that is exhausting, challenging work in many ways, it isn't mentally challenging. In other words, like packing lunches for all four of my kids takes time and we got to get everyone out the door. And so it feels kind of stressful, but it's not like it doesn't challenge my brain to go. Now, how do I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich again? (laughs) You know, it's like that busy hustle a lot of the work of being a mom. And so I think our brains want to be challenged. And I think that sometimes, even though we don't feel bored, we're exhausted, but we are mentally bored. And so the brain's like, let's find a problem to solve. Oh, here's one. Your hair looks terrible today. You gained 10 pounds and you're not as good as that woman. It's just looking for a challenge to solve. So sometimes I find women, what helps a lot is to find a hobby or some kind of job or take a class or lessons somewhere and start challenging yourself mentally. And you'll find that your brain lets go of some of the other, because now it's being challenged in a different way. Oh, that is so interesting. I've never thought of it like that, but I have experienced that. Like, it's really true. If I delve into hobbies or in work, things like that, it's almost like my brain doesn't have time to think of the negative stuff. That's right. It's trying to just learn new things because it's a master problem solver. So give it a problem to solve or else it'll be like, you know what else is a problem? You, you're a problem. Wow. But that's such a, instead give it a problem. Like, how am I going to get this podcast in front of more people? Or how am I going to write this book? Or how am I going to play this song on the piano or make this, sew this quilt, whatever it is you like doing, give it a problem to solve. Then it will stop fixating on you being the problem. I think that is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard. <laughs> I just have never heard it that way. And I love that. Thank you. Okay. So with the judging, with the comparison, how do we learn to just better give ourselves grace? That is the class I just taught last month in my coaching program is called give yourself grace. So just like everything we've talked about, it, it is a practice that you'll have to get into the habit of one of my most favorite thoughts is I love you anyway. 
because I'm very aware, like I said, of all my shortcomings. And I like to, as my brain points them out to me, just answer it with, I love you anyway. So sometimes it can be finding a default thought like that, that keep in your back pocket to go to. Another helpful way to think about it is if you've had anybody in your life, a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or a boss or mentor, somebody that was good to you, that was able to guide you in a kind way. I had a boss in corporate named Dean who was so good at, like he gave me tons of praise and kudos and told me what a great job I was doing. And then when he saw an opportunity where I could grow, he'd say, I really want to encourage you in this area. I want to push you because I see that you're capable of more. And it was always from kindness. And even, you know, I, I witnessed him have to redirect people at times, right. Or, or, you know, reprimand people you might say. And it was always like, listen, I really care about your success here and I want to see you succeed. And the path you're on right now isn't leading to that. And so I'm concerned and we need to redirect. And so I take a relationship like that. And then I try to emulate that with my own self, not like you're terrible. I can't believe you did that, but just, Hey, I love you. And I care about you. And I know that you're capable of more. So what's going on? What do you need? That's so interesting. So for someone who can't say, I love myself, because there are people that can't quite say that yet. I like that you say, you could maybe say instead, like, I'm going to try to encourage myself today, or I'm going to try to do a little better, something like that. If they can't quite say yet, I yeah, love that's myself. right. You can work your way there. You can kind of bridge your way there. So if you're at, I hate myself and you're trying to get to, I love myself, that's a big stretch. Right. But can you just take a baby step forward instead of, I hate myself, like I am a human being. I am. I'm a human being who exists rather than I'm a terrible person. I'm a mess. Nothing's right about me. Just like I am a human being. And again, if, if you have a belief in a higher force, God, the universe, whatever I was created by God, I'm a, a part of the universe, right. And make it sort of more neutral, if you will. And then you slowly work your way towards the more positive loving of yourself. I love that because I love that it's just one little step at a time because I know so many people that just aren't to that point yet. And so it's just baby steps. Thank you for explaining that. Okay, so we've talked about body image, comparison, judging. I want to pick your brain a little bit about feelings of inadequacy or wanting to quit or I can't. I hear Mm -hmm. that a lot from women like I can't get on a health journey. I'm not good enough. I don't, you know, like, or I just want to quit. I've been on this health journey. I'm ready to quit. What do you say about those type of feelings? Yeah, again, it speaks to kind of our tendency towards all or nothing, towards feeling like I'm either on the journey or I'm not. And with food, this has been the hardest area for me. And it's still a work in progress. I tend to want to do that. Like either I'm eating really healthy and the fruits and the vegetables and lots of protein and all that, or forget it and let's just eat whatever we want, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And so I like, like you're saying, it's the small, simple changes and the not, not needing to be all or nothing where our actually greatest success usually comes in any area of life. Ironically, can I just do a little bit better? I find way more sustainable and, um, and doable and more motivating. So maybe it's just, I'm just going to drink more water today and that's it. Or, you know, sometimes I've had success with things like 
I'm just going to not finish whatever I'm eating. Like if I'm eating a big plate of food, I'm just going to not finish the whole thing. If I'm eating a protein bar, I just throw away the last bite. Like I sort of got myself in a habit of not overeating so much by just not finishing anything. So I love the question, Carolyn, especially with food that I'm constantly asking myself and my clients is like, what would make it more fun and easier? Because the answer that's different for all of us, right? Because what sounds more fun and easier to you would align with like your strengths and just the way you operate as a person versus me. We have different ways of navigating the world. So it doesn't have to be painful and challenging and white knuckling things. Like what would just make this easier and more fun? And what's a little thing I could do? That could apply to any journey, though. It doesn't have to be a help journey. Like how can I make this work more fun? How can I make parenting more fun? How can I make exercise more fun. What makes it fun to you? I like that thought. Okay. So what are your thoughts on people wanting to quit? Is there a Mm -hmm. time when quitting is okay? Or what about the people that think they quit on everything they start? Well, even I'm quitting is a thought. (laughs) So I like to just point that out that our brain, and again, it's a thought that keeps our brains in all or nothing. So when I'm coaching people on their, their nutrition and their eating habits, and they say, well, I fell off the wagon, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we say. I fell off the wagon this weekend. And I always say, oh, good news. There's no wagon. (laughs) Like you didn't fall off anything. And it's important to understand this because this is our brain's way of trying to stay in what's already easy. What gives us a quick dopamine hit what doesn't require us wiring new neural pathways in the brain, the brain will resist all of that. And so you just want to be on to your brain. So when it says I'm thinking of quitting, sometimes it is appropriate to quote unquote quit, meaning I'm not going to obsess about this so much. I'm not going to think about it all the time. I'm not going to shame myself and beat myself up. There are times when I say, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's quit. But also if we're sticking with what I know you teach and and what we were talking about earlier with just tiny little changes, it doesn't need to be quitting because we don't have to declare I'm in the game or I'm out of the game. There is no wagon. It's just like, what are you going to do? And I think we also try to make these really long-term decisions. How long am I going to eat this way? You know, or is this just something I'm going to do for three months and then go back to whatever? And none of that is sustainable with our human brains. So it has to be small things that you do incrementally that aren't overly painful. Again, if back to the analogy of the child, if I decided, Hey, I want to teach my child to play soccer. Then I might be like, Hey, you're going to run some laps today, bud. And you're going to get tired. And then at some point when he's getting really tired, I'm going to be like, you know, that's enough. Take a seat, have some water, rest, have a snack. But I will push him a little bit, but not so much that I break him. Right. And that's how I like to think about myself too. If I'm trying to change my eating habits, work on my body, like, can I push myself a little bit? But when I notice myself going to a dark place in my head, I'm like, Hey, just relax. We're just going to coast for a minute. But rather than let's throw the towel in and just go back to eating what we did, like, can we just coast a little bit and, and ease up on the focus, if you will. Well, and I like the one day at a time because that even applies to, well, it applies to my teenagers in high school because they get so overwhelmed with school and trying to get good grades and all their assignments. And they'll say like, I'm just done. Like, I just want to quit. And I'm like, no, because you're looking at the whole big picture. Let's just take one day at a time. What do you need to do today? 
What do you need to do tomorrow? And then they're like, oh, okay, I can do that. So it's almost making things more manageable so that you don't want to get to the point where your thoughts are, okay, I quit. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. So what do you think though about, cause so many women don't want to just quit. They don't get to that point. They're like, oh, I just am not enough. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy for this. Mm -hmm. Same type of thoughts that you teach them. Yep. Those are just thought errors. Again, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Those are all thought errors, right? They're not true. You are good enough. Like a baby born, we hold babies in our arms and we look at them and think they're perfect, right? And they're just precious and sweet and beautiful. And they haven't done anything. They haven't thrown a birthday party. They haven't lost any weight. They haven't done anything. And we don't question that they're precious and valuable and whole and complete. And then for some reason, as we grow up, we start thinking that you have to earn your worthiness. No, your worthiness just is like, and none of us had anything to do with it. We didn't earn our worthiness. We can't diminish it and we can't increase it. It just exists beyond us. And so those thought errors and, and we develop them for all kinds of reasons, especially anyone that grew up with trauma that was told over and over again, that they're not good enough, not worth it. Or in a relationship where they're being told that the brain will start to latch on to that. That doesn't make it true. It's just a thought error. And so, yeah, it's the same thing where we notice the thought and then it's a practice of redirecting your brain. Okay. Um, it's that dismissal of the thought. Okay, so talking about this word enough, though, it's very mm -hmm. trendy to, for people on Instagram and stuff to post, I am enough. Is that true or are we settling when we say that? Well, I always teach that thoughts are like clothes, like you got to try them on. And what one person likes, someone else will go, I don't like that. For many people, the thought I'm enough brings them a feeling of peace and fulfillment, then great, keep it. Our worth is like beyond our own ability to fathom. So it's true. We're not just enough. We're like amazing in ways that we can't even comprehend. But if the thought I'm enough brings you peace, then I'm all for it. I like that thought process about that. Yeah. You have given so many great tips today. I have learned a lot. Are there any other tips that you want to share to people? Gosh, I guess I would just wrap up with saying that being a human is tough. <laughs> being a person in the world is tough. And, you know, I, as I watch my kids become teenagers and wrestle more with some of these kinds of thoughts, I just think it, it's a fascinating world we live in. And so kindness and compassion is always the key. When we can be kind and compassionate towards ourselves and accepting of ourselves and all of our shortcomings, then it's much easier to be that way with everybody else in the world too. And I, I think part of the reason we have a lot of defensiveness and judgment and fear and hate and blame happening in the world today is because we're lacking in compassion for ourselves. So I love what you're talking about here with learning to embrace your, your body, your habits, um, yourself in general, I, I think that that goes both ways when we do it inward, it, it shows up externally as well. Okay. So one last thought for my followers. So they've just listened to you. They're like, okay, I'm going to start being more positive, trying to love myself. What do you tell them though, when that first 
feeling of, oh, I messed up or I feel guilty or I self-pity or resentment, any of those feelings, because those are going to arise. So what's the very first thing that they should do? So notice the thought. And then I like to reply with, oh, there I go being a human. Oh, that's good. Because you're still going to have it. I still have the guilt, the shame, the judgment, the fear. But I just, again, it doesn't attack me when I go, there I am, human being, not a robot. It's okay. And I'm moving on. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to give my followers all these little nuggets of gold. I mean, just so many things to think about and ponder. So thank you for being here. Tell my followers where they can find you. I am on Instagram, Jody Moore Coaching. Um, I also have a podcast called Better Than Happy, and I have a, a brand new book out also called Better Than Happy, um, if you prefer a book format. so. And you guys, she is just a wealth of knowledge to follow. So go follow her. You will learn so much. And I just love that a lot of your thoughts are so thought-provoking. Like, I will ponder on some of them for days like, oh yeah, I wonder, you know, how to apply that or that was really profound. So I really enjoy following you. It's been so fun talking with you. Thank you. So I always close my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. Mm. Yeah. I love you sent me this question and I was thinking about it and, um, had several answers, but I think what I decided is the best ingredient is growth. I think that growth is motivating. It's when we say we're bored or we're stressed, we're not growing. We have to be right in that zone of like being challenged. And we can do that through trying to improve our nutrition or many, many, many other ways, but growth is the key. And by definition, growth allows for us to fail and fall down and not be good at things sometimes. So I'd say that is my favorite ingredient. No one has used that one. And I am sitting here going, Oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. That is so true. So next time I'm stressed, I am just going to be like, okay, this is my opportunity for growth. I'm going to approach this better. The stress is just thoughts. We're going to accomplish this challenge. I love it. So good. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm so happy too. Thanks, Carolyn. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.